most intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Knowledge Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano. What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. You heard the man. I'm your host, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly. And with me, as usual, is the co-host with the most, Nano, Jive Turkey himself. How we doing, Live Jive? Let's go. We living. We jiving. I'm doing great, brother. Thursday, a.k.a. Friday Junior. You know how we roll around here. And I missed Always, you, man. It's, it's been a productive week. It's been a lot of news. And I'm great to see your face, brother. It's ready to dive on in. Let's go. I'm excited for it, man. I'm definitely excited for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, let's what's dive up? Right into and what's it. up, chat? We got Average Avenues in here. What it do, baby? Let's go, Great to Average have Avenues. How we doing, baby? Welcome to the chat. Glad to see you here. As Buffer says, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Let's go, Ooh. baby. So we are going to jump right into things. In this episode, we are going to be breaking down a number of things. Uh, as usual, we are going to be going over. Last week's UFC card, as well as this upcoming weekend's UFC card. And of course, you know, the, the trickling in of the UFC news cycle and uh, rumor mill, as it were. So, uh, as you know, we had three beautiful fights get announced. We got to break those down and kind of dive into that at first. Uh, but before we get into any of that, we have an elephant in the room to address. And I think that we should probably just go ahead and just jump right into the show with that one. Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko. AKA the great 10, eight incident of September 16th, 2023. Um, it will go down in history as a very infamous moment for all the wrong reasons. Um, Mike bell himself. Um, I mean, the guy should probably get fired, but uh, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and let you jump right in. Nano. What did you think of that 10, eight round? And what did you think of the fight overall? Oh man, it was a great one. Yeah. I mean, UFC Noche did not disappoint. The Mexican people came out. The, the crowd was lively. It was an awesome time. And I will say, I mean, unfortunately, the card is now overlooked by the 10 a blender brought to you by Mike Bell directly. Uh, we're, you're going to be hearing that name a lot. Unfortunately, I'm sure he's getting through the ringer. Thank you, Average Avenue. You know the vibes. Um, and hey, I mean, the, the reality is, <clears throat> aside from that, I mean, that was a bit wonky. We, we do have to admit um, but at the end of the day, I think it still ended up being the right call in Alexa retaining her title. A split decision would have been fine with me. I mean, it was razor thin, ladies and gentlemen. Such a great fight. 25 minutes of just chef's kiss. Beautiful violence. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting. I knew something was up when Sean Sh when uh, Bruce Buffer came in and he whispered into Sean Shelby's ear. Did you catch that? And he's like, oh, what's good? What? I knew I'm like, oh, no, there's something going to happen. Either someone got robbed or 
hey, the first draw, and we've seen it a long time. But um, I, you know, and honestly, bad, dude. Drew yeah. was over that weekend, obviously. And sorry, sorry to jump in, but please do. Literally, Drew noticed it live. I I noticed it on the like obviously like the replays that got posted on Twitter and stuff like that. But Drew noticed it on the fly. He noticed it live, and he's like, dude, did you see that? He literally said, what. The I mean, it was it was absolutely <laughs> incredible, dude. Like Sean Shelby did not know what to do, and and you got to think that he heard. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mike Bell gave um, you know somebody a ten eight round, and I mean, if you say that about any part in that fight, like any, I mean, even even an, an MMA casual is probably going to look at you and be like, "What the? <laughs> we're even watching the fight? I mean, come on!" Um, I love it. I love it. And maybe we could do it a little different. I mean. In terms of, because I feel like this this fight almost warrants a little bit of like a round by round breakdown. Almost like we can kind of. I mean, for me, the the big rounds it seems like are in question are the round four and five. I mean, some people have maybe two different ways. Honestly, I mean, round two, in my opinion, could potentially have been a ten eight. I mean, I'm no Mike Bell, but I I, I want to have a conversation a little bit around this ten eight before we maybe break down the actual fight itself, because if they are, I guess. A lot of ambiguity with the scoring. I mean, that's the elephant in the room as well, right? And this is kind of why we'll probably be hearing more ripples effect of this. But it, what what are we doing here? Like, well, how is the actual scoring going to be determined? And I guess my question to you is, is a knockdown and a knockdown that turned into a full-on flip up that Alexis scored on Valentina in round two, should that not maybe be an automatic point deduction? Like, should that not make it a 10-8, regardless of of how maybe the rest of the round goes? I mean, to me, that I mean, that's an automatic in boxing, right? So I almost feel like if there is a knockdown, like from a legitimate punch, not a trip, different than a trip, but a knockdown followed up with like some Muay Thai clinch and knees and elbows. I mean, you tell me, I mean, is does that warrant a 10-8? Because if that does not, then yeah, I mean, obviously ten, round five, I mean, even harder argument. But what are your thoughts around the 10A before we break down the fight itself? Well, I mean, I, I've, I've got to agree with everything you're saying there, Nano. Uh, completely agree. Like, if there's a 10A round or an argument for a 10A round in that entire fight, it is round two. Uh, and, and even that, I, I got to say, I don't think there was a 10-8 in there. Um, only because I think, I mean, again, you're talking about somebody getting knocked down. That's huge. On top of the knockdown, Alexa Grasso pretty much doubled up on the strikes that Valentina Shevchenko, her opponent, landed. It was 28 to 15 landed in round two specifically with a 66% clip on significant strikes landed versus thrown from Alexa Grasso. So, I mean, she was landing at a higher clip. She was landing at a higher percentage of accuracy uh, as far as that clip. And, I mean, she made Alexa, uh, she made Valentina Shevchenko turn into a wrestler again, right? Valentina yep. Shevchenko. Uh, she shot for a takedown. She actually ended up getting it one for one of takedowns in that round. And I mean, guys, she got three minutes of control. But what did you remember from the round? You remember the damage. You remember a, a girl literally just getting sent backwards, doing a full on backflip and just like getting launched on her ass. Like it was wild. Um, that was crazy. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful uh, sequence. And again, it was, it was very Sean Strickland. I, I know you love it when I say this. It was a very meat and potato style of striking, guys. It was a, it was a basic one-two right down the pipe. And, I, I mean, you see that coming. You freeze up. You don't see it coming. It's even worse for you, friend. Like, <laughs> you're getting hurt. And Agreed. that was the situation with Valentina. I don't think she saw it coming. And as a result, she ate it, and it sent her down. 
good for her on recovery time, good for her on her chin, her durability, and, and just her her ability to have the wherewithal to jump right back up to her feet and get back into a defensive stance. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, And then scoring the takedown shortly after, which helped a lot. She did not do much with it, I will admit. And DC was mentioning it throughout the fight. She was not getting a lot of damage. Maybe that's more so Alexa scoring, in my opinion, like... Valentina wasn't doing enough, but it was because Alexa was creating space. She was neutralizing the offense. She was controlling the wrist. She was getting her in a body triangle. She was doing the things you need to do. To, yeah, to, she was doing all the right things. Exactly. And that's where I think, again, the takedown, the ground control, it, it may look lopsided, or you may just assume on surface that's scoring points, but it's what you do after it as well. And if you're not landing any strikes and she's able to get right back up pretty quickly, I mean, yeah, you got her down, but you might as well not have. And, and I would say <clears throat> the one thing talking about meats and potatoes, I mean, the meat that she, that Valentina was throwing, that jab, brother, was chef's kiss. I, I think that's really what made a lot of, like, true MMA fans, like one of my buddies that trains out here, Felipe, the boy, uh, he was feeling that that was the differentiator, that Valentina's jab, it was established early. She did look a little quicker. Alexa was wearing it. He felt like that was why Valentina was winning those uh, early rounds or Maybe should have won the fight, which hey, I, I, good argument to make, hundred percent. I, I got to be honest. No disrespect to your boy, but I firmly disagree. I thought Alexa did everything she needed to do to win that fight, and I thought that, I mean, completely honest, she she won three out of five rounds. I scored round yeah, one agreed. for Valentina Shevchenko with relative ease. She had a minute and twenty seconds of control time. She went yep. one for two on takedowns, and she landed twenty five out of fifty one attempted uh, total strikes. Bum, boom, absolutely bum. Um, in the next round, pretty clear win for Alexa Grasso. Significant strikes. Again, she doubled up 28 compared to 15 from Shevchenko. And total strikes, 86 compared to 62 from Shevchenko. So again, she destroyed as far as the strikes thrown. The only argument you could make is that that takedown did anything. But what is control without damage? We overall score these fights on damage, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. If you want to see someone, and again, who can explain this in a much more eloquent way than either myself or Jive Turkey uh, can. No offense, Nano, but Sean Sheehan, um, the I believe it's called the Severe Podcast, he does a great job. He's probably the most knowledgeable person, I don't know, in the world about, about the MMA unified rules and how judging should work. So, or is technically supposed to work on paper. So uh, you go listen to him talk about it and the way that he describes it, again, damage overall wins fights and... I thought Alexa Grasso was doing more damage across the fight. And you could tell with her strikes. Sure, some of those strikes that uh, that Valentina were, were landing, I will openly admit they were launching Alexa's head back. And visibly, not a great look. But again, you have to score these fights on a 10-8 must, or a 10-9 must system, 10-point must system, as they say. Uh, so that being said, 10-9 round one for Valentina Shevchenko. 10-9 uh, Alexa Grasso round two. Round three, I thought, was, again, a clear round for Valentina Shevchenko. There was not a lot of action in that round. Even though there was, uh, what, 40, 50, 60, 75 strikes thrown between the two of these women, it didn't seem like a ton of action, right? Like, there were a lot of pitter-patter shots from the top when Valentina was controlling her for three minutes and 16 seconds of that round. But other than that, like, there wasn't a whole lot to judge. You had nine significant strikes from Shevchenko and four from Grasso. Not a ton to go off of. But. No, she might have got cut that round, which might have looked optically made it look bad. And then I don't know if Valentina did score a takedown that round and there's a little bit of control time might have given her the edge. She did. But, yeah, she scored that. Mm-hmm. I, and again, that's the same. That's what I'm saying is like there wasn't a lot of 
fighting to judge, but there mm-hmm. was point fighting to judge, right? Like she got a takedown. Mm-hmm. She got three minutes plus of control time across a five minute round. Pretty clear round for Valentina Shevchenko when there's not much else to judge. Jumping right mm-hmm. into round four, the control time was 58 seconds to 37 seconds, in obviously in favor of Valentina Shevchenko. But what is 20 seconds? It's not a whole lot, especially if you're not doing a whole lot with it and you landed less strikes. She landed one less significant strike and she landed seven less total strikes. And she also went 50% clip going for her takedowns. So again, I thought round four was a pretty clear round for Alexa Grasso. And if you watched the fight, and I don't care if you're a, a Valentina Shevchenko fan and for whatever reason you hate Mexico. Um, but even if that's the case, if if you're watching this and you're watching round five, and and, and again, like even if you hate Mexico, you know, um, I don't understand how the hell you would judge that for anybody but Alexa Grasso. I, mean, I thought that was a fucking clear round. Not a 10-8, yeah. but it was a pretty no. damn clear 10-9. I agree. And I think the the narrative on that round, round four, was really determined by those knees that Alexa was landing early on in the round. Uh, there was some questions. Valentina was arguing. You could try to make a case, but they ruled it legal. you know. But when she got her in that little headlock and started raining those knees, got her up against the fence, landed some clean Muay Thai knees, elbows inside, hooks. I mean, at one point, it did. there was, you know, I guess like maybe 10 seconds, but that little exchange for me, was the narrative that round regardless of hey the quick takedown after like you said but not a lot of control not a lot of damage done by valentina and that's a lot of damage i mean taking those knees to the face knees to the body more knees to the face i mean come on i don't care if you're donald trump and you want to build a wall mesco you can't let us we're gonna break that wall down baby come on can't keep us out quit playing with me with Mm. with elbows we're gonna break it down with elbows um so average avenues jumping into the chat here guys average avenues 11 said Alexa got cut bad in round four. That's why mm. I had Val winning one, three, and four. It's crazy how everyone is scoring it differently. I agree, mm. and I think this shows that there's truly a problem with MMA scoring as a whole. I don't know if it's a Mike Bell problem so much as it's a, a, a judging problem, right? Like, it's the judging criteria problem. We need a more clear system. I I think possibly doing away with the 10-round must system or the 10-point must system, I think that might be step one. Um, judge these fights on total damage done. And again, I, I, I would have had it in favor of Alexa Grasso, but I think the arguments would at least be different and they'd be more fun. Uh, <laughs> so, but I agree, Average Avenues. I think it's, it's pretty wild how not only this fight, but I feel like at least every other week, uh, like pretty much twice a month, just on average, right? Uh, pun intended here, Average Avenues. I think... There's always a debate on at least a fight from an event every two weeks. Like, oh man, oh, robbery. Can't believe that happened. I know, and it's, man. It's always crazy. It's like, it's <clears throat> it's not even the same people on MMA Twitter or in media. It's it's different people every week. And they're like, oh man, robbery. Can't believe that happened. I know. And maybe, maybe it's like, if you're going to stick with the 10 point system, maybe you adopt half points or something, or maybe you find some sort of decimal usage for like whether it's like hey you get a point or two for like ground or like the takedown and damage on top but the other person could get a point or two for and we're your decimal point or two for hey you're on bottom yeah they're get, you're getting rained on but you you throw up an arm bar and it's super close that should be a, a point or two or something like that right i don't know if that is making sense but no yeah it, yeah <clears throat> so now it's like hey a 9.25 or a 9.5 versus a 10 can kind of 
level like a out. gymnastics score system instead of a 10 point flat. Yep. Yep. 9.9, 8.8. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. I don't, I don't think that's potentially a bad idea. Potentially. I think, that could be a, I think that could be a fun idea. Um, again, I mean, I could spend all day talking about this controversial decision shit, but I digress. We move on. Uh, Keep we do rolling, have to baby. talk about another one that in my opinion is kind of an elephant in the room as a Jackie, Jackie three names fan. Love Jack Della Maddalena. Um, I mean, this this one hurt. I'm going to change the music here. <laughs> I feel like um, it was a sad night for all of us Kevin Holland fans. Uh, you know, Kevin Holland, he, you know, he, he did really well. He landed, uh, he actually outlanded Jackie three names. He landed 127 strikes to 105. Um, now, the crazy thing about this fight, folks, is... Uh, Kevin Holland landed 127 total strikes, 127 total strikes. And uh, Kevin Holland also just happened to land 127 significant strikes in that fight. Pretty wild. Uh, another another notable little uh, note here. Jackie, three names. He landed 105 total strikes. And also happened to land 105 total significant strikes. So every single strike landed in this entire fight. <laughs> How across does that? the fucking distance. Uh, you, yep, yep. <laughs> the math. I don't know if it's mathing, but um, that's hilarious. That's every single strike that was landed was significant. So um, these guys were they weren't friends. Maybe they bought a beer for each other afterwards. But uh, tough night at the office for Big Mouth. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm like mind blown by that. They felt every single strike was significant. I mean, significant in the sense that, like, he everything he threw was like purposeful. But, like it was like you know it like was perfect boxing like one hundred and one. You know, you you chuck when venomous. you jive, brother. The strikes, the venomous. I mean, he was throwing leather the entire time. I mean, I that's hilarious to me. In all actuality, I mean, yeah, the numbers are so wonky. I mean, it just felt like a weird fight, a little underwhelming. Yeah. To be honest, um, but we did see some great boxing in there. I mean, Facts. Uh, unfortunately, Big Mouth. And I think I heard something. I don't know what I was listening to today. W- someone on our YouTube, you know, MMA verse. Um, but they were talking about, I guess, Holland mentioned like he's not even getting coached anymore. Like he was like, I'm not I'm just doing my own thing or I'm not listening to anybody. Like, listen to anyone. He's busy or, stopping crimes. I guess so, man. Just living real life. But the reality is he's a great fighter. But man, he's like the perfect example of like the most talented kid on, on the team, but just can't ever make grades and he's never actually eligible to play. He's the guy that never shows up to class, but scores a perfect score on the, the midterms every yeah. single time. Yeah. I had, but I had a friend like, like that back in Bozier city, Louisiana. Shout out, Brian. Hope you're doing great. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Be money. Yeah. I mean, it's like, dude, so, so much talent, man. It's, he's kind of pissing it away a little bit. Like, you know, trying to strike with wonder boy, Trying to outbox JDM. I mean, come on, what are we doing here, buddy? I love you. Always be a, I'll always be a fan. But I think the reality is we gotta give our boy JDM some flowers here, brother. I mean, he's cooking, man. He looked sharp. I think that is interesting that every strike was significant, quote unquote. I think just because it would just look so good. I mean, everything he was doing was purposeful. What is curse the curse of, of Michael Chiesa? Oh, wait, Dude. everybody that beats Michael Chiesa loses their next fight, right? Is that what it is? Let's see. Well, he we lost three in a row. Sean Brady, think, yes. Vincente Luque, probably. 
Wow, it's average, man. That's not an yeah. average re- response yeah, Michael, there. That's above Michael average. Chiesa, the That's an above Michael average Chiesa, analysis. The and two of them were to Bilal. Folks, you heard that it can here. also be the, the Bilal MC curse. curse. <laughs> it's, up there, it's up there with the EA curse. Um, Ooh, I had the Madden cover curse. That's definitely... It's oh not boy. even the Madden cover. It's EA Sports, bro. Have you been... Like, oh, have, it's you a cro- followed, oh, well, have you followed UFC? UFC? Too? Yeah, UFC as well. Yeah. Bro, oh, I mean, if, gosh if darn. Volk loses the, the fucking Trinity, come on. <laughs> it's bad. I know, jeez. Like, Jorge Masvidal, we saw what happened then. And then Israel Adesanya, I mean, he went up in weight class after that game came out. Boom, done. And lost to and Alex. And then this game came out, and then he lost yep. to Sean. Being potatoes. Um, was it Valentina and, uh, on there as well with Volk? And she Valentina just... Uh, was, Valentina was <laughs> on there the as well. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like... If somebody like if I was a UFC fighter and they're like, we want you to be on the cover, I'd be like, I want you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> I want you to pay me? <laughs> no, definitely not. There's just no chance. Um, <laughs> are you putting me out to pasture right now? <laughs> Is this what's happening? <laughs> like, whose side are you on here, Sean? Um, oh, I, don't know, I imagine a Sean Shelby that comes up with those decisions. But uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, again, sad, sad night at the office for Kevin Holland. Big, big night for Jack Della Maddalena. You gotta Huge. think. Huge. You gotta think, folks. Huge. Huge. That this means there's gonna be a change to me that this is too sad. Um, that you gotta think that this means that, you know, there's great things on the horizon for Jackie Three Names, folks. And the UFC welterweight division is uh I mean, it should really be called the welterweight division because everybody's waiting. Nobody wants to fucking <laughs> fight. You know what I'm saying? The welterweight. Uh, the Walter, wait a second, division. Wait a um, minute. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a very stagnant division. You got Jackie Three Names going up two slots, sitting at number 12 now in the rankings in the UFC website. I wouldn't be mad at seeing Jackie Three Names fight an Ian Machado Gary. I also wouldn't be mad at seeing him fight a, uh, I don't know, maybe a Jeff Neal. Oh, a boxer's delight. Ah, two, two really crispy boxers. You know, everybody wins, especially absolutely. the fans. Ooh, boxer's delight. Yeah, brother. Honestly, you're bouncing around the name I was looking at here because I have one name and one name only, and it is a boxing guy from Philly, I think, or yeah, has that Philly shell. But I'm talking about a Sean Brady, baby. I'm talking about Sean Brady versus JDM. Wee! <laughs> I'm not brother, mad at it. That'd be a I'm fun one. That'd be a fun one. And you, I love that you said the word stagnant. We are like in sync. That was literally the word I put. This is a stagnant division, and there's nobody more stagnant right now, in my opinion, than a Sean Brady. Throw him in there. He's been hurt. But, man, I think stylistically, you know what they say, brother. Styles make fights, and this will be a boxer's delight. Ooh, boxing delight. Ooh, boxing delight. <laughs> love to hear it, man. Um, honestly, I'm all about it. I think that's a fantastic choice. Uh, I love that we have a hive mind going right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all shapes, sizes, and ages. Just for the record, I separated our our like talk track document so that way we won't end up reading each other's notes anymore. And I did this some time ago. And more often than not, we're still like typing up the same shit as each other. So, um, I mean, you love to see it. You know the but vibes. I, I feel like, you know, there's a reason we're, we're uh, you know, the co-hosts to one another so it's fantastic you love to see it man hey man um, we've been doing this for a while now i mean we're we're coming up on a year i'm pretty sure so and i mean we've had our first pod years ago you know just a little maturation baby just a little maturation you love to see it baby you love to see that maturation 
Uh, <laughs> speaking of maturation, we got a guy that just barely turned 18 years of age. Uh, He's Raul got a lot Rosas of Jr. She. That man, I mean. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was fantastic. Oh, my God. That was great. That, that, was, really that was my Raul Rojas impression there. When you grabbed the mic, that was fantastic. Thanks, man. I'm not, I'm not even going to try it. You did do so good. There's no reason. <laughs> um, and, I mean, speaking of, you know, not even going to try it and doing something so good, I mean, we don't even really need to talk a ton about this. It was 54 seconds long. So how oh, long yeah. do we need to talk about it, right? Um, That's why, about it. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that performance? It was huge. It was huge. I mean, he didn't need much time, like you mentioned. I don't need much more time. I mean, honestly, I'm really not surprised by the KO. It just felt like he needed something like that. And I think he knew that as well. Um, got right down the business. That looping, eyes closed, Hail Mary uh, hook that he landed, man, just right on the money. I don't know if he truly knew, like, in terms of where he was positioned. Like, I mean, that was either just great, like, telegraphing on Raul, or I think that was just, like, the prettiest, like, no-eyed home run hit. <laughs> but um, other than that, man, that was a statement he needed. Again, the kid's only 18 years young. He's super charismatic. He's fun to watch. Um, I do hope the UFC takes their time with him, though. I don't, I don't want to see him get thrown to the Wolves just yet. Find another young guy. Maybe there's a contender series or an ultimate fighter series guy coming down the pike that we can match him up with, but take your time, do it right. Again, he's 18, man. Let the guy get a little maturation under his belt. And, um, I mean, I'd love to see him back in there soon. I mean, why not keep him busy, but nobody directly that I'm thinking of. I don't know if you have any names or what are your thoughts, brother? So, um, I mean, there's there's not a ton of names on the tip of my tongue, if I'm being honest. And uh, what we call that shot that he threw, the the eyes closed, just crazy haymaker. Uh, we call that a four. Um, it's a four from a, a guy that's fighting in Southpaw, obviously. But typically, instead of just throwing the the opposite side hook, you come around. And as our coach very eloquently describes it, actually, is if you have someone that's doing a classical a classic guard, right? So their hands are up here. If I'm wearing boxing gloves, it looks like this. Right. So I'm, I'm blocking the sides of my head for the most part. But again, as my as my Muay Thai coach uh, so eloquently put it in class, where your where your mission is whenever you're throwing this weird looping overhand that goes on the outside is the triangle. Uh, <laughs> peekaboo. So, peekaboo. <laughs> so you're going through that triangle and you're coming right around the back end. And that's exactly what he did. Um, it, it just, it, if there was a guard, I don't remember if he actually even had his hands up, but it melted it. And, well, it definitely uh, makes sense because it felt like he kind of stepped off. I mean, they weren't, uh, I guess, like head to head, right? Facing head he, to head, he, he, was, he cut an angle. He, he cut the angle, and that's why it landed right on the chin. Where if he was, I guess, centered up, that would have been right through the peekaboo cheekbone there. But yeah, good call out, and that does make more sense. So. Let me let me uh, take a step back here. Let me eat a little humble pie that I just got served up for my Muay Thai brethren over here. Um, calculated for with an exclamation point. Chef's kiss, baby. It was actually beautiful. Uh, it, it landed in, in the perfect placement. And I literally joked last week and was like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Raul Rosa's got it done by like TKO or, or KO. And my Dude. God, he got it done uh, by Fired KO up. or TKO. So. Let's go, dude. You love to see it. Uh, the kid got it done. We actually have a new person here in the chat here. Uh, GZDR forever. Now that UFC and WWE have officially merged, do you see someone like Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar being a bridge between the two audiences? 
Ooh, we, this is a fantastic question. This is a fantastic question. Um, I personally do. I, I think that that would be a fantastic thing. Um, I don't know if Brock Lesnar will be the guy, but I do think that they will have some WWE people. Um, how can I just say this? How funny would it be? Plot twist, uh, a little bit of a plot twist here, guys. How funny would it be if it was Matt Riddle, guy who was fired from the UFC for smoking pot, who is now a WWE character whose whole gimmick is smoking pot? Um, I feel like that guy should be the bridge. Interesting. Yeah. Fun fact: He beat John Jones in a in a college wrestling match. What? <laughs> yeah, Matt Riddle's a fucking beast, dude. Holy hell! I mean, this guy looks like oh my god, he's pretty hunky. But um, right you are, right you are. Um, Thirty-seven yeah. years old. I mean, he's he's really not like. I mean, that's not that old. I guess I'm, I'm at a loss of words here. I'm just, he's got me speechless. And, and like, no, but make, um, make, make no mind. Like, I don't. I don't think he's saying like. Do you think that they will bridge the gap and fight in the UFC? But I, I think that they could be a bridge between the audiences, right? Like, there I we think, go. Yeah, like, they can get people that are watching WWE to then watch UFC. Like, I could see Matt Riddle showing up super high backstage and being like, oh, yeah, bro. Sorry, I was just watching some old UFC fights. Are you watching the fights this Saturday? And then vice versa. Like, they could cut a promo for WWE very easily with John Anik. I like that. Yeah. Oh, Anik's a boy. He's versatile. Yeah, if I, have, I would say uh, that the, a bridge can be built. But not maybe for the fighting avenue, but I do think I'd love to see a little bit of trickle over. It's interesting. Dana White was asked this question and he blatantly said like, no, like a firm, hard no. But I think where the avenues can come in, like a great example is an Israel Adesanya when he did the Undertaker walkout. I think if we can incorporate something like that, I even saw something recently where uh, there was an idea of maybe the fans walk out with their belt. I mean, if you're going to, build a bridge i think it's going to start with entertainment value and that's where the wwe or, or vince mcmahon or the, that crew the production crew can come into the and be like well you know i mean i know y'all do it this way but i could kind of make it like way better like right now with just a quick little touch not even too much don't need to go too crazy into the full-on you know mile-long walkout stage like you see in the smackdown but a little some some a little pizzazz you know a little, little sprinkle might be nice man <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, Mary, she's she's a very good sport. She watches the UFC fights with me, and God bless her soul. I appreciate it so much. Um, you know, there have been numerous times where the the one fights will be on, and um, you know, we'll check them out. Uh, shout out Kiai works for works for one championship. The boy, and, um, you know, we'll check them out. And every time we've watched them, there's always a point in time where Mary's like, you know, I think I actually like this uh, to some extent better than UFC. Um, and I'll ask her why. And she's like, well, the sponsors on the shorts, like them having different designs on their shorts, the way that they come out is very like show many and like different. It's not just the same. It's not just a different song and stuff. Like it does feel very WWE over at one championship when they walk out. And I love that. And, and so does Mare. Um, I feel like most people that I've spoken to about the topic, they like it. Um, it's it's a positive selling point, not a negative selling point by any means, uh, way, shape, or form. So absolutely, I just I think it'd be a great thing. We actually got another one in the chat here from our new our newcomer. 
uh, people were skeptical about Logan and Jake Paul and what they could do for boxing. And I think it's working. They're bringing in the TikTokers and social media influencers. I completely agree with you. Um, again, I completely agree with you. I think I was skeptical about Jake and, and Logan Paul, but I can honestly tell you that I've, I've been paying attention to boxing a lot more now than I was before. Yeah. I know the names of far more current champions now than I did before. And that's a testament to Jake and, and Logan Paul. Um, yeah. Granted, I would always watch the the big fights like your Tyson Furies and, you know, Deontay Wilders, things like that. And back in the day, I would definitely watch some Princeton same fuck people up. Um, Let's go. And, you know, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. Uh, you know I got oh, down yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. But, Mayweather, um, De La Hoya. I mean, all those boys. <laughs> Canelo. Come on. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we like boxing here. Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely more entertaining with the Pauls being part of it. Whether you love them or hate them, they definitely bring a certain level and layer of entertainment. Uh, we got Miss Mary in the chat here. I agree with GZDR forever. Bringing uh, brings more eyes to the sport. I don't want it to only be influencers, but boxing needed something to give it new life. I completely agree with Mary here. Um, the Paul brothers have well said breathed lifeblood into boxing. Uh, yeah, I think I think of all the things to come from this influencer boxing. I don't know if you guys have heard of him or not, but Salt Poppy. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the boy. Great videos, and the boy's got a mean left hook. A mean left hook, mean left hook. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen him lately, but dude doesn't even look like Salt Poppy anymore. He looks like low sodium Poppy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's like Salt Daddy been, right now. I've been commenting that on like all of his posts lately. Every time he posts, he's got like a six pack. I'm like, damn. Low sodium poppy. Uh, low sod. Brother, he is uh yeah, he's getting shredded out right now, bro. I think he's really trying to transition, man. Love to see it. He looks phenomenal. Yeah, he went from he went from fat boo from Dragon Ball Z to Majin Boo. <laughs> Facts. Or Facts. Super Boo. Like seriously, he he posted it himself. He's talented, it's not man. Yeah, no, he's he's talented as all hell. Yeah, hey, that's a great, great new space that's opening up again for for boxing, for martial artists, for anything violent related. I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, I do think Logan and Jake, because the reality is I think a lot of the WD, WWE guys will not pass a USADA test to save their life, probably not ever. But a Jake Paul and Logan, I mean, they are still within range where they're just kind of freaks of nature. I don't know if Logan's completely healthy or not, but you, I think Jake legit will try to get into MMA, man. And I can't wait for it. It's going to be huge. But again, the, the 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 bridges are being built here. There's a lot of syn- synchronicity. Synchronicity. There's, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> there's there's definitely synch- synchronicity. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's definitely a lot of bridges being built. Um, and, and, you know, you know what they say? Everything else is water under the bridge, right? As long as you can build the bridge, you can get over the rest of it, right? Um, nice. Yeah. Tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I have to make bad jokes. It's, it's my birthday. It's, it's what we do. So, it's what we do here. Uh, so jumping into the next uh, topic here, we're going to go through not the whole card for this weekend because, uh, you know, there's there's definitely some preliminary fights that possibly aren't like the best fights in the whole wide world. They're definitely fun fights. Um, I was surprised. I will. I'm, I'm actually going to go through some of these prelims that I know we didn't talk about. So sorry to catch you off guard here. Jive Turkey. Let's go. But, baby. Uh, we got to keep them live. Jive for a reason. You know right? the vibes. So, uh Hannah Goldie, I thought she got cut. Did they just like give her a, a one fight 
contract here because they added her to the card. She's coming in against Mizuki Inu. Um, so that should be a fun one. I've always liked Hannah Goldie. I, I, I root for her. I saw her on the Contender Series a while back. She has a lot of heart, you know? She she doesn't win every fight, but man, she goes out there and she gives it all. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to see uh, Mizuki go out there and do her thing. She's an absolute freaking beast. 14 and 6. She's got 9 submissions, uh, 5 decisions. Not much of a knockout artist, but man, if you let her take your back or your arm... She's probably going to end up arm barring you or, uh, you know, end up getting a rear naked choke. Probably. I think uh, like 90% of her submission wins, if not more, are from arm bars. So uh, she probably have the nickname, the arm collector. And, you know, if I'm Hannah Goldie, I'm probably like this the whole fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to mix it up. Oh, yeah. That's definitely your best bet. I mean, Hannah Goldie, like you mentioned, uh, I really have not seen her in a while. Her last fight was July 2022, and that was a loss to Molly Meatball McCann. Spinning elbow punch really was the footnote to Molly and Patty, Patty the Batty that night, unfortunately. Hannah looks crazy athletic. I mean, she, she's built like an ox. I mean, if looks were one thing, you would want to bet on her. But the reality is someone like Mizuki, um, not a household name. She's 29 years old. Uh, coming off a tough loss, but took an Amanda Lemos, who just fought for the title, took it to a decision. That says a lot to me. I mean, that that's, in my opinion, Great. enough for me to give her the nod here. Again, like you mentioned, not knowing necessarily too much about these ladies, but Mizuki, if she could hang around with Amanda Lemos, I mean, sign me up for Mizuki. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think Mizuki wins this fight. Again, I just, you know, I like Hannah Goldie. I think she, like you said, she definitely looks more athletic than most people in the world. Um, but man, I'm, I'm probably betting on Mizuki this weekend. Moving forward through the prelims. We're going to skip ahead a couple here. Tim, the dirty bird means coming in against Andre Fialo. I like this fight a lot. This is a, uh, I mean, this is going to be a striker's delight. In my opinion, Tim, Tim means definitely has some BJJ that he could bust out of the back pocket at all times, but he also is not one that shies away from a standing, uh, striking match. Man's got 19 knockouts in his, uh, MMA career. Pretty studly uh, stat there, in my opinion, out of his 32 wins. That's right, 32 wins. He's got 19 knockouts, five submissions, eight decisions, one draw, one no contest, 15 losses. The man is an absolute fucking veteran. Good God. I mean, one might even call him a dirty bird. (laughs) (laughs) That's dirty. He is one dirty bird, boy. He's in there mixing it up. Oh, my gosh. Was it 47 fights, 50 fights damn near? Brother. And at 39 years old, I mean, that's, I give you props, man. Uh, Tim means, I mean, he means business if he's going to keep coming back here. But let's be honest. I mean, brother, he's on the other end of uh, father time here. Uh, and he's coming off three losses. I mean, one to Kevin Holland, Max Griffin, Alex Morono, very notable guys. Well, don't want to discredit Tim means for that. But the reality is it's like, oof, that'd be tough to bet on him. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I, it's tough for me, you know, looking at Andre Fialo, 29 years old, another guy coming off three losses, but to a Jake Matthews, a Joaquin Buckley. Okay. You know, these things happen. Makes sense. You can take some bumps in the road. Maybe you're not fighting for a title, but I'm just taking the youth here. I think, you know, less, less tread on the tires. Uh, this dude, Andre with the 16 victories has 13 knockouts. I mean, this guy's head on. And I think Tim, might just be on a stake here, buddy. <laughs> I'm going Andre. What do you think? Man, I uh, 
So you means business? You, you can go Dirty Bird? I mean, I, I God, it's hard to bet against Dirty Bird. Oh. It really is. I mean, his only losses, like you said, like Kevin Holland, Alex Morono, Max Griffin. Those, those, are, those are not bad names to lose to. Those are dogs. Um, on the other side, you know, Jake Matthews, Muslim Salikov, and Joaquin Buckley. Pretty solid Ooh. names to lose to. Now, I think what you have to look at here is how these people lost to the, the their last three losses, correct? So um, you got two submission losses, one Bravo choke, one guillotine choke, and one decision loss for Mr. Tim Means. Opposite him, you have three KO slash TKO losses in a row. Um, I'm leaning Tim Means by finish here. I think he gets it done by TKO. I think uh, Andre Fialio is a suspect chin, and he leaves himself out there in the open to absorb strikes. He likes to bet on himself, which not mad at. I like to bet on myself too, but um, I think he bets on himself in the wrong situations, and he he goes out and has he. he I really was trying to think of a more eloquent way to put this, just a better way to put this, less vulgar way to put this. But, I mean, I'm just going to throw it right out there, guys. Andre Fialio, as much as I love him, and he's very entertaining as a fighter, he goes out there and he has unnecessary dick measuring contests. Um, he, he just doesn't do it. Like, he doesn't need to, but he's like, check this out, motherfucker. Um, and, you know, it's it's cool. Like, everyone's all... But at the same time, you know, like, come on. Quite calculated. You have a strong, strong striking pedigree, and you have some solid wrestling to fall back on, too. I mean, you don't have a ton of submissions. You got one submission. You've never been submitted, and uh, you've, you've taken it to the decision twice and gotten the win. I mean, but we all know what he's here for, right? Like in the UFC, his last five fights have all ended by knockout, whether it's win or lose. So, I think if you if you don't feel confident betting on Tim Means, you bet on the under here, folks. I like that. Uh, because the the realistic thing here is the last time Andre Fialio saw two minutes and 31 seconds into a round three was a very long time ago. Um, it was back when he fought Michelle Pereira, and that was back in January of 2022. That was six fights ago in the UFC for him. So that's a long Sheesh. time in fight time. Um, mm -hmm. he's been very active and I don't think that's the best thing for him. He just got knocked out in May. I think he might get knocked out again in September folks. Ooh, wee. I like it. I mean, I agree in the undertake. I think we're going to have to be doing a shot here come Saturday. I love it. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's going to be a fun one. I do. My last little note here on Andre is that he, he does train out at Killcliffe FC ton of fighters come out of that camp. I don't know if that's why he's getting dropped. If he's in there sparring with the likes of a Chandler, a Gilbert Burns, Vicente Luque, all these studs out of that camp might be paying dividends, honestly. But hey, I mean, we know I, how I feel about Killcliff. I'm not a big fan. But <laughs> I that just you're like that even further confirms my point. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's see what happens. Right, there'll be a fun one. Uh, you know, uh, those who know me know that I call Henry Hooft a fighter killer uh, or a talent Ooh. killer. Ooh, but um. It's, it's what he does. Like he he finds really really talented fighters. He brings them into his staple. Those fighters make each other better. But he doesn't do anything for them. I mean, it, we're talking about the same guy that walked out on Anthony Johnson during the rematch with Daniel Cormier. That's crazy. No respect. I will never respect that 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 coach ever. I can't do it. Um, I feel you, that. Like you walk out on your fighter. Like, come on. That's that's the worst form of low. Yeah. Mid fight, you walked out on your fighter, bro. Come on. 
And Anthony Johnson was like the best too. That's that's crazy. I didn't know that. He's a, he's a good dude, bro. He was a good dude. They literally walked out on him when he tried to shoot for a takedown on DC. They were like, all right, I'm done. Like, bro, mm. stick with your fighter. Fighters make mistakes, bro. People make mistakes. And after that, I really started examining him even more. I was already watching him closely because that was Rashad Evans' coach. And huge, huge Rashad Evans fan. Um, for those of you that don't know, check this out. My homie Drew showed up uh, this past weekend and he brought me, I already had the bottom three, but he brought me these top three cards. Let's go. Autographs. We got a Matt Danger Snell. A so Daniel, cool. or sorry, a uh, Rashad Evans. And then we have a <sighs> Dustin Poirier. Oh, um, what a so lineup. What a lineup. You'd love to see it, baby. Um, but had to pull that out because Rashad Evans was my first favorite fighter ever. And then Dustin Poirier is definitely my favorite fighter of all time. And, uh, you know, Matt Danger Snell. Been watching that guy since the MTV Caged days. Jeez. Shout out Bozier City, Louisiana. Um, Let's go. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, I just, I feel like. <laughs> not to digress too much but that's a, that's a fair point I, yeah he was he point. was training rashad evans and so i mm -hmm. watched his career closely and um the second he started training rashad evans rashad evans just went downhill rashad evans had three losses to his name when he started <sighs> training with uh with one fucking henry hoofed and what did he well, what did he let's see what did he retire with what was his i was just saying and that's not even probably sugar's <sighs> And half of that's not Sugar's fault because they ended up choosing John Jones over him. He kind of had to walk. His hand was forced, unfortunately. Yeah, they so, definitely chose John they, Jones over him. So he screwed. had to leave the gym. Yeah, yeah. he got screwed. That's why. Yeah. That's my my original hatred for John Jones started. It's understandable, man. It's understandable. <laughs> and he doesn't do, remember, he doesn't oh, do man, any favors. I remember watching all those freaking Rashad Evans fights live, and yeah, he definitely doesn't do himself any favors. No, oh, dude, he was on the best, man. Rashad in his prime. Oh my gosh. He was I one of my favorite so fighters to, to fight with as well in the UFC. The early, yes. maybe UFC one or two. Oh, he was a stud. Double jab late. cross. Oh, dude. You can do it from either side. You can do it from either side. It was so crispy. All day. His freaking boxing and then that leg kick to the face. Roundhouse. Oh, money. He was a beast. All day, baby. All day. So, moving moving up the prelims. <laughs> now we're back on track. Back uh, on track. Through. Back on track, guys. Back on tracks. Um, let's see. Do we want to go over? Are we kicking off? We 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 yeah, we, we'll, we'll jump right into the main card. We'll jump right into the main card here. We got Ricardo Hamos. Ricardo Hamos coming in against Charles Air Jordan. Guys, this is this has got banger alert. Just uh, I mean, just written all over it, guys. Um, sound the alarm. This one definitely has banger alert written all over it. Charles Jordan. I don't know if you remember him, but he's the guy that threw like a Spartan kick while yelling "Come on" at his opponent. <laughs> um, He's the Gracie killer. I'm familiar with this guy. Oh, yeah. I He's, know. Oh, yeah. The Gracie killer. Love to hear that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll let you take the lead on this one. How do you see this one going, and uh, who do you favor? This is a fun one, brother. This is, honestly, the more I looked into it, the more I realized, man, this is going to be, I think, a, a striker's delore. I think we're going to have some really creative strikes. We're going to see some funky, unorthodox uh, styles here clash. Starting with Ricardo Ramos, uh, looked very solid. I mean, 28 years old. 16 and four, seven subs with a few KOs as well. But he's known as a, this creative striker. I mean, his spinning back fist KO over Danny Chavez was a great staple there back in June of 2022. Has not fought since, uh, which kind of worries me a little bit. But again, when you when you turn on the tape, man, I mean, this guy does a great job of utilizing his leg kicks, finding his range. And again, really funky, really unorthodox style. He's got that Brazilian 
I mean, I mean, not to, I, I say this only because top of mind, but like an Anderson Silva, I mean, not that he's in that class. I don't want to like be, uh, putting too much pressure on Ricardo, but it's, it's the creativeness. It's the, the fun, the playfulness that he fights with really, really fun style. And then you got the boy, Charles, AKA the Gracie killer. Like I mentioned back in the octagon, another fun, creative striker. He's looking to take your head off. I mean, he's 27 years old, 14, six, eight KOs. I'm going to, I'm anticipating a variety of leg kicks, flying knees, and basically anything our anime brands can think of here for this 15 minute fight. I'm excited, brother. I think it's going to be some fireworks, like you said, but what are your thoughts on it? I guess, and to answer your question, I'm probably leaning Charles. I, I just, I've seen enough Jordan. I know he's got the submission background as well. If it goes there. Um, and I think if it stays standing, I think Ricardo might make a mistake. And I think Charles will, will, will find the chin, land the mark, but I'm going Charles Jordan. Bye bye decision. I think it'd be a fun fight. Decision, he says. I'm not mad it's at it. It'll be fun, guys. man. It'll be fun. I'm not mad at it. Uh yeah. You know, Charles Jordan came out there and he absolutely just demolished Crone Gracie. Um, he made him look like a melted ice cream crone for sure, guys. Um you can expect those kinds of oh, jokes all night. Boy. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. Again, he melted the ice cream crone out there. He made it look like a warm, sunny day, and just, you know. Ice cream crone couldn't 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 withhold. <laughs> Gets but before me every time. that, he fought Nathaniel Wood, um, who and again, every time I mention the name Nathaniel Wood, I will always say missed opportunity. His nickname should be carved of Nathaniel Carved of Wood. I just think that'd be great. Um I think sick. it'd be fantastic. And, and he's chiseled. Yeah, he's chiseled as hell. So Nathaniel Wood beat him by a unanimous decision. Uh before that, he lost a majority decision to Shane Burgos. Shout out Hurricane Shane. And then his two fights prior to that, he had a win via guillotine choke over Groovy Lando Fanata and a decision win unanimous over Andre Yule. Now across from him, you got a very game Ricardo Caracachina. Um, and I mean, come on. Ricardo Ramos is a beast. His last fight against Danny Chavez, if you didn't see it, you should definitely go back and check it out. He got a nice little spinning back elbow Clean, clean chef's kiss knockout over Danny Chavez. Um, before that, he lost a unanimous decision to Zubara Turkogov, fighting out of AKA. Uh, shout out my old gym. Let's go. Um, and then before then, again, he's very wishy-washy up and down. Win-loss, win-loss, win-win-loss. Never really gets more than two losses, or uh, sorry, two to three wins in the UFC without bouncing into a loss, it seems. But those three losses he's seen were by way of Zubara Turkogov, Liron Murphy, who's got just fucking hands of steel, which is why he got knocked out in the first round, and Saeed Nurmagomedov, who he's a kickboxing Dagestani, guys. Like, come on, what like what else do you want? So, of course, he got spinning back kicked and, and punched into oblivion from Saeed. But his wins, guys. He's got a win over Billy Algeo. He's got a win over Luis Eduardo Galjori. The bigger wins are, you know, Journey Noose and Danny Chavez, Hyung Ho Kang. Those are those are pretty damn solid names, in my opinion, guys. Um, so the guy's an absolute beast. I think he's getting overlooked because of the last few fights or the last fight rather that we saw with his opponent, Charles Air Jordan. I like Charles Jordan a lot. I think he's a really, really savage fighter. But I think Ricardo Ramos is getting overlooked in this one, and that's why I've got him Ooh, winning this fight. Nice, brother. Damn, we're gonna see her again, but I'll be honest, I, I I like that pick a lot. Like Ricardo's a really fun fighter to watch. I did quickly look up his name, Carcaquina, and that's basically yeah. like little skeleton. Uh, that's a Portuguese uh, translation. 
He's probably skinny, like a skeleton. Yeah, but, uh, he's a beast, dude. No, he's a beast. I, he's fun to watch, man. He has this move. There's a really cool video on YouTube, on the YouTubes. But he does that kind of like a Olay kick where you're standing and he kind of, he goes behind. What like oh, Anderson yeah. used to do? Yeah. Kind of like a calf kick. I know kick, exactly like a, what you're talking uh, about. I'll, I'll stand up, but you could. I always shoot. I always think of like a, the old Irish boxers. Like, yeah, there you go. Nano, there you go. Nano with the uh, with the click, the the quickness. <laughs> My calves are so sore. I did calves yesterday. They're like stiff as a board. I'm all oh ah. Every time I did that, I was like ah ah. Love ah. it. Worth it though. Definitely worth it. Oh, uh, oh, so man. yeah, he he definitely does those kicks. I mean, what what I really like that he does. I'm gonna be completely honest. Is the spinning back uh, elbows? I mean, dude, the guy has how many spin. spinning back elbow knockouts? Like he's a he's got a couple, dude. Those. He does a lot of the spinning kicks as well. He, he's a he's a spinner. I like it. It's the thing. Like, and when he when he throws it, it's so it's it's just it's unprovoked, it's untelegraphed, and it's unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. are the ones that knock you out, man. The ones you don't see coming. So, I've got him winning this fight. Unpopular opinion, unpopular decision, but you know, there it is. Moving into this next one, guys. Um, I thought I, you know, I was gonna be like, I'll let him take the lead here, but I'm not. I'm gonna take the lead here. Brian Pooh Bear battle coming in against AJ Fletcher. I think he's gonna turn him into AJ Flincher with that 10 inch reach advantage. Are you kidding me? A 10 inch reach advantage? Oh my gosh, bro! And I am not making that up. That's real. That's a real fucking stat. It's wow, insane, I'm looking at it. but it's a oh real my stat. Gosh. 10 inch reach advantage, folks. Um, now I and know only AJ a Fletcher. two inch high difference, just to real yeah. quickly say, whoa. whoa. So, again, like, folks, I know AJ Fletcher's game plan is going to be to come in here and wrestle with this guy. But I also know, fun fact, people like to say things like, oh, did you know that 85% of all fights uh, end up on the ground? Yeah, did you know that 100% of all fights start on the fucking feet? So, um, if I have a 10-inch reach advantage and I know how to fight, it's going to be really hard to take me to the ground because you still have to penetrate my guard and it's much easier for me to sprawl if you are, I don't know, a little under a fucking foot out of range of me. So I'm big brothering you and I'm just, why can't you reach me? Why can't you hit me? Um, I think Brian Battle wins this fight. I think it's his fight to lose after that nice little knockout win that he had. And after, to be completely honest, um, I think that loss that he had to Fakhretinov probably did even more for him as far as growth and teaching him. And with that loss to Fakhretinov, I really think his opponent's going to have a hell of a time even trying to take him down in this fight on Saturday night. That's a good call, man. And I, I do agree with everything you're mentioning. Um, Pooh Bear is really strung together. Some good wins here. Uh, coming from the Ultimate Fighter, definitely has some great momentum. Like you said, these knockouts of most recent are just powerful. He's looking like he's angry fighting out there. So you'd love to see that. He's making the right progressions. I feel like 29 years old, really entering his prime. Um, again, just feel like he's really well-rounded. And again, that 10-inch reach is insane to think about. Um, for someone like an AJ Fletcher, I mean, he looks a little bit more compact, built like a freaking brick house, to be honest. <laughs> I thought he was shorter than what he is. Uh, but he's coming from the Contender Series. So... And honestly, I, my one note is that he's really uh, quick. So I'm curious to see with that size and speed, if he's going to be able to get inside a Brian battle. Can he try to take him down? Can he make it a muddy and, and a grind it out kind of fight? 
Um, that's probably his best path to victory. You know, AJ Fletcher here, only 26 years young, 10 and two, five subs. I think we know what he's going to try to do here. He's going to try to grab a leg and try to get him down. He's not going to want to sit there and strike with someone that has 10 inches on him and that has power in both hands. I mean, Brian is going to come to battle. I'm leaning Brian as well here. I'm just curious to see, you know, I, I, I don't know too much about this AJ Fletcher. I haven't seen him in the octagon, at least in the UFC. So who's going to show up? Is he going to be able to deal with that big problem in front of him? That's a Brian battle. I'm, I'm leaning Brian here as well. It's going to be a good one, though. Absolutely. I think it'll definitely be a really fun fight. But man, 10, 10 inches is just no joke. Um, in other news, guys, we have a crazy fight on this fight card that I feel like is not getting nearly enough hype. Marina Rodriguez coming in against Michelle Waterson Gomez, the karate mommy hottie herself. Oh, yes. Guys, um, if you don't know, now you know. Uh, these two women are fighting each other on this card uh, in a strawweight belt. Happy to see Michelle Waterson Gomez coming back down to strawweight where she belongs. Mm. Um, I think that's where she is strongest. I think that is her natural weight class. I don't think she had any business going up in weight class and uh, and fighting against Amanda Lemos. Um but here we are. So this fight is actually a bit of a rematch, guys. This fight actually already it happened is. in 2021. Running it um, back. They're running it back. No, no, I feel like you've got some notes on this, and I'll let you take the lead. <laughs> I got a, I got a quick two cents, man. I mean, we you already set it up pretty well. We got Michelle, hottie, karate mommy here, Waterson Gomez now. Got married. Um, the the tough thing with her, and she's, I mean, just a fan favorite personally. Like, loved her career. She's now 37 years old, obviously closer to the sun setting here, unfortunately. But her dance partner's right in the same neck of the woods. I mean, Marina Rodriguez, 36 years old. They both are familiar. They both fought each other, you know, two years ago. I guess the one thing I was trying to look at is who's maybe gotten better over that time, who's done what with their careers. Uh, looking at Marina, I mean, she's since beating Michelle, so already one win over. You kind of have to give her a little bit of an advantage there and a five-round fight to add to that. But then going on, beating Mackenzie, she even beat Zhaonan Yan. I mean, that fight aged very well. I mean, brother, that is that aged like a fine wine. That's like hitting the penny stocks here for <laughs> that's like hitting on Google before it went public. My goodness. But not all the people are dying to know who else did she beat? Brother. Wait. Uh did I say Mackenzie Dern? You Is there someone not. else? Mackenzie Dern. Oh, darn. How did I not say it? Oh, darn, darn it. Because <laughs> you're darn talking it. about Jan Jan, which is, you know, quite nice. But I mean, gosh, McKenzie. darn it. You got to you got to mention Mackenzie Dern. Brother, a decision win over Mackenzie Dern. That's gosh darn good, too, man. I mean, again, she's 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 tough. I do feel that Marina Rodriguez at this stage in their careers. Um, I mean, and might I add, I mean, talking about all these wins, they both have lost Amanda Lemos. There are some some similarities here, but you got to ask, I mean, who's getting better or are, does anybody going to show anything different? I don't think so. I think Marina's going to go in there, unfortunately, and be a little bit too quick for it. Might be very reminiscent of that match in 2021 where Michelle just gets a little bit outpowered, a little bit outstroke, struck. No, can't find the word there, but ultimately just seeing Marina here. I think she's going to be a little too well-rounded for her. I think we're going to see a fun fight. But I just, it's tough. And it's only three rounds. It's not five. So No, yeah. It's only three rounds, which makes a big difference. I think Marina will be able to go even harder in this fight because it's three rounds. And I think that Marina is the bigger, stronger girl in this fight. I think uh, if if we're talking about how I see the fight going, Marina Rodriguez, I think, is going to be the crashing waterfall that just takes over momentum of this fight and destroys uh, Michelle Rodriguez. 
That's um, a good one. Or sorry, Michelle uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Fast and the Furious, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, Michelle Waterson Gomez. No, but if um, if Michelle Waterson Gomez is to have a path to victory, I think those keys to victory would come from really her bringing back what made her special to begin with that we haven't seen in some 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 time, um, many years in my opinion. The, the stepping karate sidekick. I think that was a weapon that was probably the most brilliant weapon in all of our arsenal. We just haven't seen it. Uh, it's almost like as soon as Tisha Torres came into the UFC and had it, she's like, well, somebody else stole my move and she stopped using it herself, which is just sad to see because again, that stepping sidekick that Michelle Watterson used to use was just a thing of beauty guys. Um, I'd love to see that come back into play. I'd love to see her footwork in general, the wide, long karate stance, uh, almost McGregor esque in her ways. Love to see that come back. Those are the only ways that I see her winning this fight because otherwise it's, it's just going to be a tough night at the office. Marina Rodriguez is the bigger, stronger girl. And not only that, but she's the bigger, longer girl. She's got a three-inch reach advantage, which when you know how to use it and you have solid boxing, it's going to pay dividends. So I, I just, I think it's an uphill battle for, for Miss Karate Hottie, the mommy fighter herself. I just don't think it's going to be a fun night at the office for her. I do think it's going to be a, a fun night at the office for us fight fans. And I got to disagree with you when you said that Michelle Waterson's looking towards the end of the sunset, right? The the wrong side of father time. She's 37 years of age, and she's closer to retirement. Marina Rodriguez, you said, it was on a similar slope. I firmly disagree. Even though she's only two years younger in fight tread years, she's got a lot more tread left on the tires, my guy. 16 and 3 versus 18 and 11. So one of these women only has two more wins, but almost triple the amount of losses. It's a lot of Ooh. tread on the tires. You take a lot more damage in those losses. And... I, you'll hear me say it first. There's winning and there's learning, and you learn a lot more from those losses than you do from winning. But, I mean, when your losses are starting to catch up to your wins, how much more can you learn? It might be time to hang up the gloves if you if you get a fourth loss in a row if you're Michelle Waterson Gomez. Uh, on the opposite end, Marina Rodriguez, though she's lost two in a row, she lost to Amanda Lemos and Verna Janjiroba. The division that she's in is, I don't want to say that it's, it's stagnant or, or that it's shallow, but... It is very much like the heavyweight division and the fact that if you win one or two good fights or one or two of the right fights, you're right back in that shot. You're right back into title contention. And I don't think it's crazy to say that with a win over a Michelle Karate Hottie Watterson Gomez, she's right back in that topic. That's a really good point, man. Yeah, I mean, she's got to win over a Mackenzie Dern as well, who's there at seven. Yan Zhaonan is two. I mean, my goodness, you know, like you said, you got to think either one of those women would want that one back. Oh yeah, absolutely. But if you're a Marina and if you get a, a impressive win over a Michelle Waterson Gomez, call for the title. Actually, I mean, yeah, you call your shot, man. I mean, there's not a lot of names up there. If it's not the title, I mean, maybe you look at a Carla or I mean, Jessica Andrade. I hate to say is the turning into that gatekeeper there or just the revolving door that everyone ends up going through. But that's probably another name as well. But yeah, not to get ahead of ourselves. Michelle's no one to look past. I probably should not get too. We probably shouldn't start doing predictions just yet here. But yeah, I mean, hey, a lot of great names in that division. I mean, man, that's a fun one. Might see a lot of a lot of change, a lot of new names come and go here. That's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, very, very exciting fight. I'm super, super looking forward to that one. Bryce Mitchell coming in against Dan 50K Ige himself. Guys, only got two more fights to get through. But uh, man, Home are stretch. they some fucking fights? Absolutely. Bryce Mitchell, flat earther himself. 
Talking about what, what was the name of his rap album? Barnfire or something like that? Oh my um, gosh. Is that real? That's hilarious. Yeah, no, he made a rap album. <laughs> you haven't listened to it? Oh, I'm going to send it to you. Dude, after this I have, no, I, that is too much. It's so that good. Is too he raps much. about being a UFC fighter. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Thug Nasty. Well, I guess that's. Thug Nasty. That makes sense now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, thug nasty. Can... He's, he's hardcore, bro. He's gangster. Uh, he's so Bryce Mitchell, he's a thug. He's Thug Nasty. And he's nasty. <laughs> Uh, coming in against Dan 50K Ege, boy. Uh, so, how do you see that one going, man? Oh, man. I mean, I'll, I'll want to hear your breakdown. I'll keep it short and sweet here. But, yeah, Bryce Mitchell considers himself the cash cow. Honestly, just a fun, like, one-of-a-kind human being. I was, I, I honestly forgot he was 15-0 before going in there against Ilya Tapuria, who unfortunately did, you know, take a little wind out of his sail there. And he, he sent him back to the pasture, said, hey, brother, Hey, Bucko, go ahead and get That's some more what it's LBs. That's called, pasture fire. There it is. <laughs> Greener pastures, pasture fire. <laughs> that probably is what it is. <laughs> yeah, pasture fire. Yeah, I just looked it up. Pasture fire, uh, full <laughs> album on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, dude. We're simpatico. See, we're in sync, baby. That's I finished in your sentences over here now. Come on. Uh, oh, but no, again, I, I, I forget that. I mean, the reality is this guy is super talented, man. He, he's really developed himself as a ground game specialist. And I think, man, if you're Bryce, don't go in there. Don't, don't play with your food, brother. Get straight to business. Get Danny 50K Ige out of there as soon as humanly possible. Do not make it a strike and match. You just got in there with another dog like Ilya. And unfortunately, it can go very similarly if you don't. Again, take care of business. Don't play with your food. Get in there. Grab a hook. Grab a leg. Do what you got to do. Get to the ground, brother, and and choke him out, please, because I, I want to see Bryce do well. Because um, this boy, Dan Ige, is a dog. I mean, if Tien was here, he'd have plenty to say, but he's he's a perennial just stud in this division. He's extremely talented. Find out that ex- extreme couture. Um, he's going to be bringing his game, and you know he's hungry. Just put together two wins off three losses before that being Dan Ige. I'm, I'm going my boy, Bryce. I mean, I think Bryce will win, but boy, I don't feel good about it. I'm nervous. He can get his bell rung and it could be a tough night for me. I can be going out to the pastures as well, but I, I think Bryce is going to get it. done. I think he's, he learned his lesson that last fight against Ilya. And I think he's going to dial it in and, and just take care of business. What do you think, brother? Well, um, I, I, I definitely agree with most of the things you said for sure. I think Bryce Mitchell's a dog. I think um, he's an absolute beast. I think it's easy to forget that he was fifteen and zero before that fight against Ilya Taporia. Um, but I don't think he wins, man. I'm going to say something out loud that I I would probably say out loud any day of my life and mean wholeheartedly. Give me fifty k. Uh, oh, <laughs> let's go. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, give me give me fifty k here. I think 50K gets it done, folks. I think oh. 50K Ige is the man, the myth, the legend. Um, I mean, he lost to Chan Sung Jung. That was years ago. He lost to Josh Emmett. That's a different style of uh, fighter. And he lost to Mozart Evloev, who, with all due respect, Bryce Mitchell was scared to fight. So, I mean, um, we're talking about Mozart Evloev, who's 17 and 0. Yeah, he's a savage. wins over Hakeem Dawadu, Diego Lopez, Nick Lentz, Mike Grundy, born on a Monday, probably. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Or Sunday. But, um, you know, here's the thing. Guy's an absolute beast. I think 50K Ige is very smart. And I think Bryce Mitchell's greatest path to victory is via submission. Is that fair to say? 
It's probably the one road. That's the yellow brick road. <laughs> and and let me ask you, do you know how many times um, Danny Ige has been submitted in his amateur and pro com- uh, career combined? I'm seeing a goose egg next to that, next to his yeah, five big, submission a, victories. <laughs> yeah, it's a big fat, um, big old zero. It's a big old zero. Um, so I just think Doug Nasty is going to have a hell of a time actually finding a path to submission. Um, maybe he pulls out a, a really flashy one that uh, Danny Gay has never had to defend. Like, uh, dare I say, what would it be like the the fourth or the fifth ever twister in UFC history? I mean, that would be amazing to see, but I just don't think that's going to be the fucking situation. It'd be no. Bryce's second. No, I, I just don't so. think that's going to be something that we see. I think, um, I think he's going to go in there with just a glass full of milk, ready to go. The all American blue collared guy. I think he's going to be just acting like he's walking into the pasture, you know, ready to, to really just do a hard day's work. What he's going to walk into with Dan 50 K is honestly, just like his rap album. It's going to be a fucking pasture fire folks. Uh, I, I think he's going to burn that guy to the ground. I think it's going to start. Somebody clip this off. Jamie, uh, Jamie, Jamie, can you clip this off? Um, I think it's going to start with leg kicks. I think very early on, Dan 50 K is going to chop the trees. And I think it's going to make it very hard for Bryce Mitchell to have any success with his entries and with his single leg takedown attempts, which is his bread and butter, in my opinion, as far as takedowns. So, Chop those trees, make him weak at takedowns, and then what does he have to offer? Less than rudimentary striking. Yeah. He doesn't have uh even a meat and potato style of striking, in my opinion. It's it's Hold subpar. On. Turtle here. We got Andrew in the chat. What's up, gents? Bryce is my lock this week. 3027. Get your tickets for WrestleMania 3027. Wow. Well, fair. Good, good shout out okay. there. Uh, Turtle, I'm right there with you, brother. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's be that dominant. I, I guess if Bryce is going to win, maybe that's maybe that's it. He just puts 50k in some uh, some some mud, puts him in some quicksand. It can happen. I don't know, dude. I don't know, dude. Um, <laughs> I, I, again, I think wow. 50k EK just turns it into a, a pasture fire. I think we cannot- um we won't agree on that. I think have we agreed on a single fucking I was fight say, tonight? We we have not been more like polar opposite, brother. And <laughs> when it came to these breakdowns, this is fun. I love it. What's crazy is we haven't agreed on I think like a single fight, maybe one <laughs> fight out of the whole time. And yet our points about the fighters, like you've completed like my notes and I've completed your notes. Yeah, so, like we feel the same about the fighters. We just don't feel the same about them fighting. The outcome. I think that's why I love this sport, man. Especially this year, there's been so many. I don't even want to call them upsets. It's just any dog can have a day, man. Any dog can have a day. Like we broke it down. I mean, Izzy can have his worst night and Sean can have his best. And now we have this alternate universe we're in. I mean, these things happen, man. I've seen crazier things, but that's the beauty of it. I love it. It's a, it's a beautiful sport. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. I mean, you honestly just love to see it. Um, and I mean, with that being said, we got to jump right into the main event of the evening, guys. It's time. <laughs> It's time. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and throw it right out there. I don't know if you noticed on the bottom row here of the cards. This is one that I pulled. Um, oh. That's Mr. Main Event himself, guys. Hard to hard to hold it up for the camera here. But Rafael. Oh, Rafael Vazim. Rafael. Um, Adaman. I think, I mean, I have to go with Vazim because of, you know, bias. I have the autograph card. I'd be ashamed not to. But 
you know me, even if I'm betting with my heart and soul here versus my brains and wits, I'm going to break it down with stats and facts. So here we go. Um, Mateus Gamro coming in against Rafael Fazeev. I think this is a fantastic fight. I mean, both of these guys are absolutely game for a, for this fight and for any fight, really, to the point where Mateus' nickname is Gamer. Um, the guy's always game and ready to go. That being said, you've seen him get knocked down by people that aren't even as good of a striker, in my opinion, as the man he's going to go in and face this Saturday in Rafael Fazeev. Now, the most recent time he got knocked down was in a fight against Jalen Turner. Um, and that was, again, very, very recent, just back March 4th, UFC 285. That is a fight that Mateos Gamro ended up winning. Now, jumping back in time just a little bit further, uh, we can look at Benil Dariush, who also got a knockdown on Mateos Gamro and a win. And then jumping back even further, Armin Sarukian, who, again, is more of a wrestler, in my opinion, than a striker, also got a knockdown on Mateos Gamro. No, I know MMA math doesn't math, okay? The math never maths, and that's okay. But it will on Saturday, folks, because if those gentlemen can knock him down, you bet your sweet ass that Rafael Fazeev can, okay? The man is an absolute beast with his kickboxing. He's got solid Muay Thai skills, and I think that this is just going to be a night in the playground for him going in against the gamer, Gamro himself, Mateos Gamro has never been knocked out. He has never been submitted. He's been taken to decision and, and lost twice. Um, but he's got 10 decision wins to his name, five submission wins, and seven KOs or TKOs to his name. The guy's a gamer, right? He's an absolute beast. I'm not saying it should be a walk in the park, but it should be a good night at the office for Ottoman himself. Man's got eight KOs. I think he might actually add a ninth to his list, and it might be the first time that we get a TKO stoppage of one Mateos Gamer Gamro. How do you see this one playing out now? Wow, brother. Honestly, I was sitting on the fence, but I think I'm going to have to lean in with you on this one, brother. I, I do. I, and really, it boils down to the high level of striking capabilities that we've seen Rafael Fazif showcase. I mean, the dude is so explosive, so talented, so smart when it comes to his footwork like his ability to make his reads be in and out of the pocket like and, and kind of, i mean you use that athleticism to his advantage but he's got the iq to back it up i mean that fight with gaethje i mean it took just about everything out of justin to to put him away and i really just think is just boils down to just gaethje being the just the bigger a little bit of the batter dude Obviously, baddest motherfucker, you know, you know this BMF, but it's man, Raphael's right in there, man. I mean, he is talented as all hell. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Uh, I just, I'm going to lean the striking here. And I think you mentioned a good point with uh, Jalen Turner. I, I do want to put an asterisk there that Jalen was preparing for Dan Hooker. Last minute notice, Gamera took it. They both probably were not fully prepared for that fight or at least fighting each other stylistically. Jalen Turner is a problem. But honestly, when I when I did look at Matias Gamera and his other performances as well, what I do see is is a little bit below average striking. His, his movements, what he's doing on his feet, it just feels like it's all to get you to the ground. It, it's not to win those exchanges. It's not to be in control and it is not honestly being aware of what 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 uh, threats are out there at all times and that's where rafael rafael at any point 
can put your lights out. I mean, you may not see it coming. He's so fast. He's explosive. He's got every tool in his arsenal when it comes to the striking game, both of his hands and feet and elbows, head, shoulders, knees, toes. Um, I just think Ralph is going to find a way to get it done. I agree. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a knockout. I mean, Matias Gamera, that record says a lot. Like I do know if he can grab a leg or if he can neutralize or just, I don't know, shoot from across the octagon and get, Rafa down and and keep him there. I mean, as the fight goes on, like that can be bad for Rafael. I don't know what kind of ground game he possesses, and that's what Gamrot does. I mean, he's like, it's like Khabib. He puts you in quicksand, and and you don't know what happened. I just I just don't know if he'll get there. I honestly do think Rafa has enough tools. He's gonna keep Gamrot like on his back foot, moving around, trying to like jump and and get the takedown. But I. I he can eat a knee. It can. I think it'll be something spectacular. That, but Rafael will find a way to take care of business. I believe as well. <clears throat> yeah, completely agree. Um, I, I think I think Rafael finds a way to get it done. I think it's actually going to be just a, uh, a surprise cameo for left hook Larry, and then just Ooh. you know the just it's all over, folks. Um, oh, I think it's all over. Um, I, I think I think left hook Larry makes a, a prime appearance here. The same way that he did in that fight that we saw not very long ago against uh, RDA, Rafael Dos Santos. So, I mean, he was able to drop him. And I think Rafael Dos Santos has a pretty damn solid chin. And he's a gamey, wily veteran. And we saw him get put out by So Yeah, dude. And a, Bradley, and a Brad Riddell in a spectacular fashion, spinning wheel kick. Renato Carniero, another impressive name. Again, putting these guys away, like... These are the staples in the division, you know? I mean, that's that says a lot. And again, that fight with Gaethje, I mean, at times, or at least in the beginning, I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to win. But Justin, man, was able to dig deeper and just, again, I think the, the size and strength just paid dividends. But Gamrod is not on that level. I mean, he lost to Benil. Even though he is, again, very impressive on the ground, I just think Ralph is going to find a way to put some leather to the chin. Or a knee yeah, to the chin. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I think, um, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to disagree with that. Like I said, we've seen him get knocked down by lesser strikers, and Rafael's he's he's man, he's really no joke. That left hook is disgusting. His kicks are really nasty, classic Muay Thai style, and he knows how to utilize it. He cuts angles exactly. really nice, keeps mm-hmm. his head off the center line. He's going to be a hard moving target to hit, and he's he's going to make Mateo's Gamro look like a stiff target. Um, I, I hate to sound like a broken record here, but another, another example of somebody that I think is going to come in and chop the trees folks. Um, Love especially it. being a Muay Thai background fighter. I think he's going to come in here, really chop the trees early or just start just chopping the husk. You know what I mean? Just going after the body and just breaking ribs, cracking ribs. Cause even if you block those with your arm the right way, they suck, man. We saw it happen over at one championship where somebody broke another young man's arm with one of those kicks being blocked. So not fun to block those kicks either guys. Even if you're doing the right thing, it doesn't feel so good. Um, so that's it for those fights. Um, we are going to definitely try and get back to what's let's hold on. Let's see here. Wow. Off all the fights. And this is the one you guys agree on. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is the one that we agree on. We took different paths, but we ended up at the same destination. <laughs> I love you that. Great call out turtle. That's hilarious. I was just thinking I'm that actually, in my head too. I'm actually curious who turtle's pick is in this one. Do you, Man, that has me that has me worried. Do you have yeah, fucking throw your picks in there, Turtle? Are we all wrong here? 
spam the chat y'all what are you guys thinking what what are some picks where are we where are we off who do y'all leaning um so before we before we call it a night again we'd be remiss if we didn't go over these new fight announcements that just recently came out here guys so i mean we have some pretty crazy fights coming up we got a welterweight championship bout between leon edwards making his second title defense against the cardio king colby covington let's go what do you think about this one man Brother, the chaos is back. Let's go. We'll start with the later UFC card. UFC 296 got another one added here. Finally get to see Leon defend his title against the one. The only villain of the UFC, Kobe Chaos Covington. The lead up, everything about it, man. I'm excited. It's been long overdue. Um, And, you know, again, say what you want, dude. But Kobe is one of the best fighters on the roster. I mean, I just think his well-rounded skill set... I just gonna be more excited for it, man. I'm curious. Can't wait to break it down more, but I have a feeling it's going to be shades. I think like the first round or two might be a little bit slow, but I think once they get that flow state, once they get a little more comfortable, I think we might see something reminiscent of that Usman Colby Covington fight. Number one, just, just striking, just laying it all out there. I I, I think it's going to be freaking fun, dude. Every time Colby fights, it's nothing but chaos. I mean, that's what he does. It, It really is. It really is. I completely agree. I think, uh, just like you said, this is going to be reminiscent of that first fight with uh, Kamaru versus Colby, where they're like, you know, we both know we can wrestle. Let's just fucking duke it out, man. Um, yeah. And you love to see that as a fight fan. It was a very fun fight. Um, lots of lots of really, really nice exchanges in that fight. And again, everybody going into that fight buildup was like, oh, we were going to get a grappler's delight. You know, uh, people that like grappling are going to be happy. People that boo when people grapple are going to probably boo for a lot of this fight. But that just wasn't the case. Instead, we got a really, really nice little striker versus striker matchup, and it was, uh, you know, a bunch of one-twos for 25 minutes. I wasn't mad at it. So I think that this one is going to be very similar. I think the first round, we might see a shot or two. Leon will probably defend well, and then after that, it's going to be Colby saying, okay, you think you're good at defending takedowns? See how you defend a jab over and over and over again. Um, And with that being said, yeah, I don't want to jump too much into it. Just want to kind of briefly go over these because we will break them down when the time comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But before we jump forward into the next two announcements, we got another chat here from Turtle. I definitely favor Fazeev. His hand speed is something Gamro has never seen. But Gamro will spam takedowns, and I think he can get control time. I sure hope Fazeev wins. I completely agree with you, Turtle. I think uh, in this one, Fazeev's hand speed is definitely going to be the equalizer. I think it's going to be the biggest differentiator in the entirety of the fight. Uh, and I think that it will negate the takedowns and the takedown onslaught that Gamro is going to bring. I do think Gamro will try and spam takedowns early on, but I think catching a quick, speedy uppercut or even a left hook while he's coming in, like targeting down towards the body with a left hook, the way that uh, Fazeev does, he'll catch him right on the top of that temple or right on the outside of the like earlobe. And it's not going to feel good. Like even if Fazeev lands on a single leg, I don't know that he'll have the wherewithal to finish because his his marbles are going to get all jumbled up, man. Um, so <laughs> it's, I don't know a better Fair. way to put it, but like that's that's what it feels like in there when you eat a really fucking solid shot. It's oh, just um, your whole equilibrium gets thrown off. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just and, like uh, that. You know, <laughs> uh, Love that. It's, that's a good it's, one. It's not, it's not. It's not a fun. It's not a fun feeling. No, but, uh, not at all. And I would, and I would agree with that. Sorry, God, brother. It's a, known, it's a known feeling. You know what I mean? Like it's something yeah. that you. Like you'll feel it a ton of time in your career, but it's also something that I don't know that you can plan for. 
<laughs> no, no. I mean, it, it takes the it takes the wind right out of your sail. I mean, you, you know, your adrenaline's going all that, but that's that moment when I'm sure they talk about it. it's like, oh, I went to take a step and feel my legs anymore. It's like, oh, what's weird? Foot's not working anymore. What's going on? Um, yeah, I, I agree with the turtle. I, and I don't know if you heard our breakdown in the beginning when it came to like the scoring, but I think to give us a little bit of to add to the hope and maybe give you a little bit more reassurance here. We get, we look at the damage done, right? I mean, I think control time or the takedowns may be one thing. And I do think over a five round fight, if as much as Gamrot may spam some of the takedowns of maybe early on, maybe win a round or two, is he going to be able to do that for 25 minutes? And what kind of defense are we going to see? I mean, if, if, you know, he gets, I don't know, bum rushed onto the fence, is, is Rafa able to get out of it? Or if he gets taken out, is he able to explode because he's so athletic to get right back up right away? So, yeah, you mentioned the control time. I think that's big. But I also think throughout all of this, how much damage is, is Camrock going to take? How much damage is Rafael going to inflict throughout these exchanges? I think that's where he's going to end up winning by if it goes a decision or at least in those exchanges. And just something else to just kind of sprinkle in there. Um, I, uh, how much damage can he take? That's the thing. It may not take much. I mean, like because you said, it could be a glancing. We've seen him get dropped by small shots and Zeev, the difference is like, he's a shark, man. He's a mm-hmm. fucking shark. As soon as he drops you, he's going to be on top of you and he's going to be landing big, big shots. We saw it happen with RDA quick stoppage there. Um, I think I think we see very similar happen in this fight. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a Paul Craig, Johnny Walker moment where he just tries Paul to Craig? hang on. Paul Craig, he just tries to grab onto a leg, and next thing you know, he's just playing bongos with his head. <laughs> I, I, mean, it can, I mean, it might be something along those lines. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Um, so, jumping through these next two announcements, so we can let you guys go for the night. We know it's a work night. Um, it's been a fun we one. Have we have Yuri Prakaska coming in against Alex Pereira. Let's go. My God, that is a fun fight, guys. Um, I mean, we, we got Mr. Bow and Arrow himself coming in against Mr. Stonehenge. It's going to be a hell of a fight, guys. Um, oh. Iron Hands of Iron versus... Uh, I mean, Hands he, of Stone? Got, hands of Stone versus uh, the Samurai. There we go. Hands we of Stone go. versus the go. Samurai. I was going to say hands of stone versus face of stone, but the guy with hands of stone has the face of stone too. So, <laughs> yeah, um, no. you know, it's, it's just, uh, it, it happens to the best of us. The stone head um, has so, a stone hands fair. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that was going to be a really fun fight early call out. I'm going with hands of stone. I think he gets it done over the samurai. I think the samurai is coming back from a really bad injury over his shoulder. He's probably not going to have the same striking mobility or speed. And even before this injury, God damn, man, He's got to be like, if I was a, an MMA coach, he would be my worst nightmare of a student because he's, he's talented as all get out and he's so strong, but his head just stays so far forward. And when he's dodging strikes, it's like Ian Gary, like the, his, his chin is so far up in the freaking air. Like every time it happens in exchanges, I'm like, ah, uh, what are you, no, what are you doing? Ooh, yeah, where are you going? Oh. <laughs> Tuck your chin, put your hands up, please. For the love of God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, it's just oh, it's yeah, terrifying yeah, yeah. to watch that guy fight as a fight fan. Yeah, it's very unorthodox. It's very interesting. But boy, this is a freaking powerhouse coming event. It should be its own main event, in my opinion. But this matchup, you know, light heavyweight, maybe that I don't know if it's because John Jones, you know, Madison Square Garden, they just want to beef it up. But the fact that John Jones is on it, I think is kind of interesting. You know, the X 
light heavyweight champ or one of the best light heavyweights of all time. You could argue going to make his history as the best heavyweight of all time now against Stipe. It's, it's a big narrative, but I think it's interesting that they put that light heavyweight belt on the same card. I'm sure they're going to ask him about it. Who do you think is going to win? Would you fight him? This and that. You know, I think the UFC knows what they're doing. I think if Yuri wins, it'll be even funner just because, um, It'll be like, Maybe. I think I think John Jones is going to win the fight. Um, I am Samurai Warrior. I will go up and fight him uh, for the heavyweight belt. Oh. Uh, I will fight him in March in Russia. Uh, like, oh. like, I, just, <laughs> I, I feel like, I don't know why, like, I feel like he's going to throw some random shit out because that's what Yuri does. <laughs> yeah, he um, does. does. And, and I, I'm still not convinced that he even comes up with it himself. I think he's got an earpiece in and I think the hair is a 5G antenna and they're just feeding him answers. Like a ratatouille type scenario here. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's hilarious. I mean, yeah, that hair gets better reception than my Samsung Galaxy. It's phenomenal. That thing, that thing grows. And yes, Mary, I'm hating partially because I could probably never do it. I'm getting on my six head over here. I might be bald sooner than I'm <laughs> gonna have more hair. But Ola can do it. Ola's got the samurai hair. Oh, samurai! I now have five G. <laughs> That's hilarious. I will say, man, this fight has a lot of juice, though. I mean, Yuri versus Glover was one of my favorite fights in recent memory. I believe it was fight of the year last year. It was um, a fun one. Yeah, dude. And I mean, you know Glover is going to be obviously helping Alex. You know Alex is going to want to defend his brother. Kind of like an uh, Apollo Creed, kind of Von Drago, a little Rocky moment here. You knocked him down. Why don't you try knocking me down now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, that's Rocky Five. That's different. Different Rockies, but same narrative, baby. Same story. Same, same. Same, same. 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 Different, but still same. But yeah, life, that- life's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep on going. <laughs> that rock, that <laughs> rock, rock, you caught me off guard there, brother. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you knocked the wind out of me, rock. <laughs> Take it easy, man. <laughs> I fucking love Rocky movies. Those are the best, dude. Oh, those are the best, man. Those are the best. But it is funny. You mentioned the injury too. Like that was my only question here at the bottom of my notes is, is he healthy? Is that injury going to impact him at all? And I mean, just that awkward style. I mean, I think Alex will have an answer for it. I mean, that dude finds a way to put people's lights out. If you're, <laughs> I, I have a spoiler alert. I think it's going to be a left hook. <laughs> yeah, I think we know what's coming. I think Yuri knows. The whole world knows. But um, that's going to be a fun banger co-main event. UFC 295, Madison Square Garden. Be there. Is this one on November 11th, too? Is that the day for my birthday? Like, real quick question for the listeners and for the chat, guys. Like, have you ever had a situation happen where, like, you get hurt or you're falling down and you feel like the entire situation plays out in slow motion? That's what it feels like watching Alex Pereira fight every single fight. (laughs) Yeah, because like I feel like he doesn't even he doesn't even strike fast. He's just, but as soon as he throws something, you're like, someone's gonna get hurt. <laughs> and like it, it, I feel like it's I'm watching it in slow motion. I'm like, there's the left hook, there's the left hook. Gonna go grab a beer. You sit back <laughs> down, and it's all over. Um, <laughs> He's like the dude in that Mortal Kombat movie. I forget his name. Is it Kane or uh, the or Kano? Kano or the one that, that like one he gets hit. Not no, okay, not Kano, but it's the main guy that the movie was based on, where like he gets hit every time and then uh he like powers up from it. Like he the more he gets hit, like the more powerful he gets. 
Oh, the one from the like the live action movie. The yeah, live yeah, action the, movie. Yeah. They made him up. They made up a character for that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His power was literally like he's like the Black Panther costume. Exactly. Like he absorbs fucking kinetic energy essentially. I should have went there. That was or that's like the Bill skit. Yeah. I'm getting stronger. Keep <laughs> feeling. Yes, that that is a better comparison. <laughs> oh, the, You're not getting stronger from that. me hitting you. I am. I am getting stronger. Um, but honestly, like that. that's it's kind of yeah. what it's like. Um, no, that's he, him. He, he does kind of just kinetically get stronger as he gets hit, and then like, especially if you're leaning in for your shots, it's like I'll eat that shot. <laughs> you'll wake up as a loser in <laughs> <laughs> <And> a sore face. <laughs> that's, like, that's essentially how, how Pereira fights. And I'm not mad at it. Um, so last fight, we're going to just quickly, very quickly talk about, and then we'll call super it a quick, night. Guys. Super quick, super quick, so quick, so, so quick, almost as quick as these fucking fighters. Cause when I watch these flyweights fight, I feel like I'm watching an episode of dragon ball Z folks. Uh, we got the first title defense since he wrestled the belt away from Brandon Moreno. We got, a flyweight bout, folks. We've got Alessandra Pantoja coming in and defending the belt against a different Brandon, guys. A raw dog, Roy Val. Um, oh, it's going to be a fun go. one, guys. I think this, I mean, like, as soon as I heard this one, my heart started beating. I just, I, I was breathing heavy. I was excited. I knew it was going to be a Super Saiyan fight here of guys moving way faster than I can even comprehend moving with my fat ass. Um, <laughs> guys, like, real talk, this is going to be a barn burner of a fight. And um, we might just see a crazy little love triangle of switching of the guard. Early call out. I think Pantoja loses this fight. I think Raw Dog uh, does, does what the nickname implies. Gets a little Raw Dog <laughs> I was gonna say nice PB to it. I love that man. Yeah, honestly, uh Alexandria Pantoja, I mean, great victory over my favorite Brandon, Brandon Moreno. Um no, I'm just kidding, head <laughs> But I will say Brandon Hoy Val is literally one of my dad's favorite fighters. It was like maybe three years ago. Did you say your dad's favorite fighter? Yes, dude. We saw Brandon Roy Val fight. Um, let me see who it was against. It might have it was an let me see. As I'm stalling here for time. Okay, I know it's a mistake. Ladies and gentlemen, quick. Nano has just broken. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at all the fights. Maybe it was a Kai Car France fight, but there was a fight early in his career where he just looked like so fun, so flashy, getting the submission win. I mean, I think he's one of the most exciting fighters in the division. And like I said, I mean, my he's my one of my dad's favorites for whatever reason. Dude, he's fun to watch. I mean, so flashy, he's your dad's so quick. Favorite fighter, and he's one of the most exciting fighters in the division. What the? F I mean, I know who you're going for, brother. He's a he's a dog. We're we gonna be talking about it. he's a dog. He's a dog, and he's looking for revenge. Does have a loss yes. to Alexandre, so I mean, it's this is a big one, man. I think yeah, this would be a huge shakeup in the division, but another fun co-main event, man. Two ninety six stacked, stacked. I can't wait. And the descent of the year is gonna be banger after banger. I can't fucking wait. I cannot wait, man. We gotta get Stop. a uh, we gotta get a little December visit on the books. Either I come your way or you come my way. We'll do Dude, a live maybe, episode, folks. It's going to be cash money. Um, maybe that November 11th. I mean, it's my birthday. Maybe maybe I'll try to plan a little something. Do a little cabin or something. Or like, you know, get remember, all the boys. Remember the 11th of November. The fights, I heard they went off. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I think that's the move. We'll talk about it.
That's that's the move. We got to talk about it. All right, folks. Well, uh, as always, this was a fun one. This was a fantastic fucking episode. If you haven't already, whether you're new here, whether you're returning, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications, and um, we will see you here around the same time and same place. We always tend to go live on Thursdays. Um, we try to keep it around eight o'clock. Sometimes Muay Thai and my appetite makes that time shift back a little bit. Um, today it was that mixed with a little bit of Thursday night football. I know people were trying to finish watching that game. A hell of a game. Great job, Niners. Um, you know what I'm saying? Had some solid players there on the fantasy football. You love to see that shit on the fantasy app, guys. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We love it. We love it around here. Let's go. So, uh, yeah. Let's go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I got to get out of the bag a little bit. Can't get out of the bag a little bit. <laughs> Tiger um, Adams Cage, man. Tiger Adams Cage, just for a second, guys. <laughs> just for a second. Um, so, that being said, again, we appreciate all you guys. And uh, we will see you here, same time, same place next week. We will probably have another episode. We'll like to get back to the, uh, the two episodes a week next week. Try and go back live on Monday. We'll see if uh, work and life permit. Otherwise... Make sure you follow on at MMA Anomaly on Twitter for the updates. And uh, we typically post earlier in the day and right before we go live. And until then, keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive, folks. We will see you next time. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.